keep that round of applause going right now. The person we all came to see, founder and CEO of MAG Partners. Give it up for the very outstanding Mary Ann Gilmartin. All right, like, one more time. Give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up. She walks around and tells people what to do. That's what I'm talking about. All right, you can start clapping right now for the gentleman we all came out and made us come out here, this outstanding brother, four-time voted best podcast in the city. Give it up for the very outstanding, my brother, Aaron Dante, no picks after dark. Testing one, two, can you guys hear us? How you doing? I'm doing well, how are hey, you? Hey, first time we met. I am sleeping here tonight. <laughs> I am, and my transition from my evening to my bedtime is going to be very easy. <laughs> the No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Are you or someone you love in need of mental health support? For All Seasons is now offering same-day therapy appointments with no wait list. Through the For All Seasons open access program, you can walk in for mental health services and begin therapy in the same visit. For All Seasons accepts all insurances and provides financial assistance if you need it. For therapy, psychiatry, or victim support, we have appointments available today. Call For All Seasons, 410-822-1018. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to everybody who's here this evening. Thank you for showing up. Give, you, give yourself a round of applause, please. Please do. We got to take care of some housekeeping before we start. Just to let everybody know we are live recording. This is the season premiere episode of season five of No Picks After Dark. It will be coming out in September, so everybody knows that. I want to give a quick shout out to Miss Marianne for having us here at this wonderful spot. Bazudo for this beautiful room. Union Brewery is in the back. Appreciate you guys donating the beers. Uh, Sagamore Spirit, we appreciate you donating. Digital team back there is doing audio, video. Appreciate you guys. So we want to get that out the way. And to all you beautiful people out there, thank you for coming out. So again, we're going to have a good time tonight. And I got some friends that are coming from New York City. So shout out to take a train down to hang out for the day and just really vibe it. So. I'm so excited. So let's talk a little bit about you. Let's, let's get there. You know, we're, everybody's heard your name, but nobody knows who you are. You know, seriously, like, you know, like, Mag Partners, what are, who is this? Marianne, Marianne Allen, who, who is this person? And I was like, let's, this has been in the works for five months, this interview. And let me tell you, your team is tough. <laughs> I felt like I was working for them for a little bit. 
I saw. I was like, they're like, you can't ask that question. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go freestyle. We don't. We, you, you better only ask the hard ones. I got all. So that's why we're here because I think when we're done, folks, we're gonna do a live answer a question because we want to know what's going to be down here. We saw these beautiful buildings, but every time I've seen an audience, it's always like, not, no, no knock to the people. I'm gonna say Kevin Plank and all them, you know, rich people. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I want to really know who you are. Well, you know, behind every woman, there is a man. Ah, I like that. I like that. So let's talk a little bit about you. Who are you? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Tell us a little bit about you. First of all, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. Uh, I apologize if it was difficult getting here. Um, and thank you all for coming. And um, this is available as a home. There are um, a couple hundred units that have just come to the market, including affordable units. And we'd love you all to check it out. So I am Marianne Gilmartin, and I was born in Queens, New York. And um, I've traveled to a lot of places, but I think you know you're a New Yorker when you're fairly miserable in, in living there, and then you leave and you just think about getting back there. And it just has this gravitational pull, and it's somewhat inexplic inexplicable. Um, but I love cities. I'm a lover of cities. I am an accidental, uh, serendipitous, and fortuitous developer. I was coming out of college and didn't have um, a sense of what I wanted to do. I was enrolled in law school. I won a fellowship to work for the then mayor of New York City, Ed Koch. It was the city's only recruitment tool to try to get young people to not go to the private sector and actually give a stint in government. And so I thought, you know, they're going to pay me, I'll try it. And the one rule was do something that you never planned to do. And so rather than work for the justice uh, agency that was going to fight for the rights of juveniles in the system in New York, I found this economic development agency and I rolled in and to be honest, they had air conditioning, carpet. They had a president, not a commissioner. And I was like, wow, it's really hot. The city was a dump. It was late 80s. I'm like, I can hang out here for the summer, and then I get another shot at the fellowship in the fall. So I'll just do this because it looks comfortable. Everybody wanted an urban fellow because it was a, coming out of the fiscal crisis. There was no money. Nobody had any money to hire anybody, so urban fellows were free. So every commissioner was tr trying to close you. So I took this gig, had no idea what it was, and I found out that um, you were going to touch all the major big development projects in New York. But my assignment, my first assignment was to go to College Point, Queens, and convince a deranged squatter who lived in a trailer in a dress with a shotgun and two pit bulls to vacate a site so they could build a New York City tow pound. And I was like, okay. <laughs> this is just a story of like what it takes to do the work we do, which is just common sense and trying to understand people. So I said, I think I gotta go talk to him. And they said, you can't speak to him. The law department said, there's absolutely no way you can go out there, he has a shotgun. So I took the subway, went to College Point, and I stood at the chain link fence and I asked if he could come and talk to me. And he was like 80 years old. Nobody had spoken to this man. And they were trying to move him out of the property. And so he came to the fence and I said, look, it turns out that the way the rules are, you're eventually gonna have to leave, but we could do this your way instead of the government's way. Long story short, the guy packed up his stuff, we found him a place, and at the agency, they were like, how the hell did you do that? And I said, I, I, I talked to the guy. And um, I gave him some options, and it worked. And so I thought, you know, this is a pretty fun job. So again, had no idea that I was going to like it as much as I did. And along the way, I realized I had real estate in my veins. And um, I've had a love affair with economic development and large-scale real estate ever since. 
I know we got some real estate people in here right now. I know I saw a couple walk in. I, I see you, you know I'm looking at you back there, doctor. Look, I know you have what, uh, a lot of people from real estate and economic development. That's very important. And we'll get to those questions about economic development in a second. So now let's talk a little bit about Baltimore. What did you know about Baltimore before you started working and like, wanted to be a part of this? What, like, what did you know about it? I went to the aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> and I was one of the 46 million people that drove past it on 95, <laughs> which of course is the problem because you want people to stop and experience Baltimore. So my experiences of Baltimore really were the Rouse family because they did such an amazing job of creating places in Baltimore, but again, that was 80s and 90s, so it was like old vintage Baltimore. I can't say that I had a real sense of modern today Baltimore until I got the phone call to come down and speak with Kevin. Okay, so when you got the phone call, <clears throat> he says, come to Baltimore, what was your first reaction? Because I read some interviews, a little bit about you, and it was interesting. You're like, in New York, they say no right away, but in Baltimore, they say yes, and I was like, ooh. Who are you talking to? Because one thing about Baltimore, and I love the spirit of Baltimore, they'll tell you about yourself real quick. If they don't like you, don't like you. If they don't F with you, they don't F with you. That's how they roll. So your interpretation of Baltimore, I love that you said, hey, they were very friendly. Tell me a little bit about the interaction. The people are the biggest takeaway. I mean, I, they've been very friendly to me. Um, and So when Kevin invited me to come, it was really just to give some ideas and thoughts because of the work that my team and I have done in New York, which is large-scale, tough, complicated, um, big development. And so I came with the thinking that I would just give some advice and some guidance. And um, I decided to stay, just like that teacher says. <laughs> no, um, for about a year, we studied the market and um, wanted to really figure out whether we could make a difference here. And it is in our DNA as a company to, to gravitate toward things that involve large partnerships with the government, an ability to change the ground plane and the skylines of cities, and to create jobs, tax revenues, and deliver value. And the value that we want to deliver is not just to the investors, but to the communities in which we work. And we want to do it looking like the communities we build in. And that doesn't happen often because it's a, it's a, it's a network of, it's an old boy network really in, in New York and in a lot of places. And we're really trying to set out not to do small projects, but to think big, be bold, and look a little bit more like the cities we work in, which is that we should be a diverse group of people and this should not be a club and it should be a meritocracy. So that was the thinking. And so coming down here and looking at what Baltimore had to offer as a company and the way in which we thought we could make an impact, it felt like a good, like a good pairing. Nice, nice. So you got here, and your thoughts are, he says, oh, shows you this big old property over here. We call it Port Covenant. A lot of us still call it Port Covenant. We do. That's just how Baltimore people, that's how we roll. But the, because the Baltimore Peninsula, it's a, it's, a, it's a different name. It's different. So I take it you, you don't, you're not liking the name? I mean, there used to be a Walmart over here, so everybody remember the Walmart over here. So let's be honest. There used to be a Walmart over here, so everybody used to slide over here and get a Walmart real quick. We lived in Federal Hill. Trust me, that was that late night stuff. But, uh, but... That's what, what, you know about, what do you know about Port Covington? You know, I don't know too much about it. All I knew was there was a Walmart when I came over here, and that was the Baltimore Sun, and that was it. That was the reason why I came over here. I never came over here at all. Back in the day, you weren't really, certain people weren't allowed to be over in certain areas in Baltimore, put it that way. My you know, parents, I was really talking about the name, like Covington. Do you know no, who it is? I don't know. You're probably going to tell me, aren't you? All right, go ahead. Does anybody know what Covington is? Because obviously, if you're going to name a place, you better know what you're renaming 
unnaming, or reaffirming. Please. You know your history. Corey from Upsurge, right? That's Corey from Upsurge. Uh, those tech guys always got it. <laughs> so he was a general who probably um, made an impact on the city because he was a general and owned a lot of land. My sense is he's not like a modern day hero and nobody really knows who he is. And so you got to really think when you rename something, you know, why are you doing it? And I just want to point out, it is a peninsula. And it's good when names actually ref reflect what things really are. And we wanted to celebrate Baltimore as a brand. So people have a lot of thoughts about the name, but Baltimore is a brand that we think is going to lift this project up. It's 14 million square feet. This project in total, in its full manifestation, represents the entire CBD of the Inner Harbor. So it is big. And it should be brand Baltimore, and it's a peninsula. I rest my case. There we go. There, now, now we know. Now we know. I love that. I do like that. So, got the name. You're down here. Like, as far as development, like, what were some of your thoughts about developing this? Like, what went into all this? How long did it take you guys to go through it and figure out we want this here, we want that? Just give us a behind the, behind the scenes peek, sneak peek. Yeah. Let's start with the dirt because that's my thing, right? It's amazing dirt and it's, it's 235 acres, which means. It has scale. It has entitlement. And so entitlement is when you're granted the rights to do what needs to be done, which is whatever the market commands, right? So in New York, you're in a straitjacket, like right out of the gate. You, know, you can't do that. You can't do that. These buildings can be beautiful buildings. They can be tall. They can be squat. They can be um, entertainment facilities. They can be retail. And that's really important because the market's not so deep here. So the idea that you can meet the market that if a sports league wants to come here or an, an outdoor concert venue wants to be here, we can do that on this site. And if you're building 14 million square feet, you better not box yourself in with one basic food group because it's not going to work and it's not going to happen. So we were first were taken aback by the scale of it. Sponsorship, not unimportant. Kevin Plank flies the flag of Baltimore like nobody's business. And it's important. And I said, I got the real estate if you'll be the great convener. And it does take convening. It takes somebody who's willing to pick up the phone and call people and do things and visit other places and really understand it. We dragged him around other cities and said, if you want to understand how places are created, you need to come and see. And to his credit, he did that. And so the sponsorship of somebody who's willing to um, double down on Baltimore Broadest company here didn't have to, right? Grew it here and then bought 235 acres. In our business, a single individual doesn't do that, particularly somebody who's not in real estate. So I was taken aback by the kind of the badass nature of what he, what he, what he had started. And then Goldman Sachs, not a bad partner, right? And it's their urban investment fund, which is they're supposed to go into cities and make positive impact. So sponsorship, sheer size, scale, entitlement, and then the commitment to the community. You know, the community benefits agreement for this project is $135 million. It is committed, and the funds are in place. That simply does not happen. So the six communities that are part of this project were a big deal to us. 
and that it wasn't just going to be lip service and it wasn't going to be a document that a lot of developers will spend all of their days trying to run away from as opposed to embrace. So the idea that this project lifts up all of Baltimore was appealing. Now this may sound really you know, pompous and arrogant that we can do all this stuff, but we get out of bed every day thinking that this project could be a model for how cities and private industry come together in the built environment and deliver real change and real impact. And if that's gonna happen in a, in a city, if we're gonna create a new example of the great American city in 2023 and beyond, it should be Baltimore. So we believe in it. And so that was the attraction. Like this is a once in a generational type project. And that it can happen here in Baltimore. And again, on this idea that people here don't say no first, you know, everything's relative. So, so Kevin would say to me, you know, there's always the haters, you gotta outrun the haters. And I was like, dude, I gotta tell you something. We built Barclays, there was pitchforks and torches, okay? So like people following us around and blogging away at, at just, you know, pure venom about the project. And, and by the way, everybody's entitled to their opinion and the negativity was part of what came with the project and we spent 10 years before we actually had a building come out of the ground. Before Barclays started, it was 10 years 35 lawsuits and a great recession before we had a single shovel in the ground. And that requires conviction. And what I would say to you is that when I see Baltimore, I see people thinking about possibilities and not afraid of change. And in some cities, it's just no, go away. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want any change. I'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear that. So let's talk a little bit about some of your, Baltimore Peninsula is a project that comes to so much. Um, you have offices, you have residential, you have environmental entertainment, outdoor activities. Can you break it down to us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, when you're creating a place, not just building buildings, you got to think about everything. And the first thing that occurred to us is that we need to invite people here and activate. Because long before a building opened, you know, you want people to understand where it is. And I always thought when I come into the train station, you know, I, I talk to taxi cab drivers and, you know, I say I want to go to Baltimore Peninsula or previously I want to go to Port Covington. And I will tell you, you know, nine out of 10 times, it was like I was giving the directions. And so that told me that we had to do a job of kind of branding it and inviting people here. So the yoga, the kayaking, the oyster farming, um, the fact that any community group, any civic group um, that wants to use any of these buildings are invited here because we're asking the city to sample Baltimore Peninsula and come here and experience it. So you don't have to live here, you don't have to work here to come and have fun here. You can just come here and you can take in the two and a half miles of waterfront, you can park here, and soon you're gonna be able to play outdoor sports here in, 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 in an extraordinary way, um, akin to what we do at South Point with Volo. So there's lots of things that can happen here. But we're also creating a new um, office district and um, new homes for people and new retail. And we have some really exciting announcements coming up. And in some ways, I wish it was like a month away, that this was a month away from today. Not that I would have wanted to make you wait yet another month, but the fact is there's some really big stuff coming down the pipe and we're gonna announce it. But um, we do have a headquarters bank, CFG. Um, Jack Dwyer is an amazing man, he's a Baltimorean. Came here and said, I'm moving my headquarters here. And it's not just because he had an old tired building and he was gonna sell it in North Baltimore, it's because he said, at this point in my life, I wanna make a difference. I wanna deliver impact. I care about the city. This is the most exciting thing that's going on in this town uh, in terms of real estate. So he, 100,000 square feet and 300 people are coming to this project and they will be here at the end of the year. 
and I saw the roost. What's the roost? Tell us a little about the roost. roost that, that's where I'm sleeping tonight. Okay, the roost. Okay. Another amazing, amazing product. So the Roost is a hospitality brand where you can stay uh, for a, a night, a week, a month, or a year. So they're in the building um, that's right next to the office building at the end. And uh, when you go there, you can actually live in the building. You can rent a unit in the building. Or you can go there and stay a week, and they'll clean your room every day. You can order room service. And it feels like you're home. And if you want to stay, like, so a lot of the the beds and meds in, in Baltimore or the institutions that train employees, you literally, if people that will come to visit Baltimore can stay there and they can stay in the same room um, every night for six months and then they can decide whether they want to move here. And so this is a big deal for this city because there there is a, a community here of folks who come here for business, travel here and could live here, but maybe it's they could live in DC, they could live in New York. And my proposition is, you know, in New York City, we're renting studio apartments for $5,000. The penthouse overlooking the water at the top of this building is not $5,000. How much is that? $4,999. <laughs> but the point of the matter is, is that you get a lot for your money here. And I think with hybrid working, I think the campaign for us is to tell all the young people that love food, love culture, love a lively city, and love to have fun, that you could live in Baltimore 20 to 25% less than it costs DC and even more than New York. And if you had to show up at the office once or twice a week, you can do it. It's so doable. You're doing it today. They're back from New York in one day. Super doable. DC, even more so. So I would submit that the people that are paying attention that want to make their dollars go farther and want to have fun and want to be with like-minded people in a diverse, highly educated, super fun city, it's here. Love that. I love hearing that. We definitely need that. We definitely need that. So what are some of your favorite activities that you've seen here on this campus? I mean, this whole property. I mean, I walked up, saw yoga. I'm like, okay, we're doing yoga. We got, yep. you know, kayak and all that. And then uh, Lupe Fiasco at a concert the other night yeah. I didn't even know about that was over here. I'm like... Oh yeah, Loopy was here last. Yeah, he was here. He was here Friday night at the ball, when Baller Bash was going on. He was over there. So there's a lot of things going on. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help someone find, interview for, and get hired for a job, and provide follow-up services for success. It can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student with in-school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger. Hi, my name is Katherine Womack. I'm a former strategic intelligence officer with the U.S. Navy. I spent the last couple of years at U.S. Cybercom and transitioned from active duty after 15 years into small business ownership. I own and operate a digital marketing agency in the state of Maryland. So a lot of people approach me thinking that digital marketing is simply social media management or maybe doing Google ads or Facebook ads, things like that. But what digital marketing really is, is an umbrella term for a multitude of tactics to get small businesses found by the people who need them. I personally specialize in search engine optimization, website development with conversion architecture in mind. And what that really means is the people are going to your website and doing the thing you need them to do. And oftentimes it's requesting a quote, an appraisal, things like that. So there's definitely a psychology to 
website development. And we lean really heavy into the psychology of sales to get people to do the things you need them to do. A lot of times as a business owner, you haven't had the time to think about what your needs really are, what your challenges truly are, the, the sources of those challenges. I can guarantee you in most cases, it's not simply that you need an ads campaign and that's where I can add value to your marketing strategy. You guys, you guys stay in tune, so tell us a little bit about yeah. what's going on. I gotta be honest, I almost didn't make it here tonight because I wanted to go out and do the yoga when I walked past it. I only have one party trick, and it's I can do an eight minute plank. I have no <laughs> idea why. And I was out there going, I should just go over there and do my plank. <laughs> but no, so the yoga and the fitness on the water is amazing. The kayaking, I was, I was looking out my window and there are people out in the kayaks, which is amazing. The, the restaurant across the street is gonna be a Clyde's. It's gonna have an amazing outdoor bar. Uh, an oyster bar, and that's going to be open um, first quarter of 2024. Um, the kids are going to come down here and have sports and and um, and training, maritime training, um, training around how to farm for oysters. And we're going to have big concerts. You know, as you know, we have a big program at South Point where um, there's something going on always, but we'll have movies, um, and it's all free. It's for, what's the first Thursday right down here, right? What's it called? What's the first Thursday? No, 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 over here. It's, it's no. Jazzy, jazzy summer nights. Yep, yeah. jazzy, jazzy summer with a black-ass flea market. We've got, like, I mean, really, all the fun's going on down here, and you should just follow Baltimore Peninsula because the schedule is published, and, again, it's, um, you can bring the whole family, and um, it's free. So how important is it to you to really engage with the community? You talked about it a little bit, but what some of the things you guys have done with around the surrounding communities? I know there's so many different events going on. Have you guys invited? Have you guys sponsored? Tell us a little bit about because that community is very important in Baltimore, and we want to know how you guys are involved with that. So it starts with the SP6, our partners, um, and those communities are really important because we need to listen to those communities, and we have funds, and we have commitments and we have a program to create jobs and opportunity and housing. But it's not for us to tell those communities what they need. And so we have a board and each of those communities are represented and we're listening and we're um, actively listening to what those communities consider important. That's first and foremost. And then the fact that um, we invite everybody in and it's serious, like the Baltimore uh, birthday bash was here. Uh, there's a homecoming uh, Baltimore, which is all the people that were born in Baltimore went off and did big, great things. Are They come back once a year, and that party is here. Um, if, if civic organizations have board meetings and they want to come and have it here, they're invited to do that. And so um, it's open to everyone. And I think that's why the fitness and the movie nights and the concerts are really important, too, because we're finding that people are kind of tripping into it and then like, wow, I could come here, I could... I could eat here, I could live here, I could work here. So I think it's going to be like an evolution, not a revolution. I saw and I read that. Um, How did you get the name MAG Partners? And also, I love that it's a woman-owned company. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. So th there's not a lot of mystery in MAG. It's Mary Ann Gilmartin. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what's interesting is that <clears throat> I, I'm... So developers kind of jam me up because I, I don't, I, I just don't love that company, to be honest. I, I think of myself as a placemaker. So I self-identify differently than my profession. I'll, I'll confess that. So when we started the company, and again, I was the CEO of a large 
public company and uh, you know it had its own name. But when we sat around and talked about the name of the company, I did not want to name the company after me because I felt like that was, you know, real estate developers, they name buildings after their children. It's just so predictable. And then the, the, the team was like, look, this is the brand, this is what, you know, you built a lot of great things, you built a team, we think you should do it. So um, that's why I agreed to do MAG Partners and the partners is, to me is more important than the MAG part because um, people call the company MAG and it feels a little uncomfortable because it's really about the partners and the people because I am only as good as the people that I surround myself with. So um, 2018 I started the company. Um, the pandemic was, um, was a challenge for people in real estate. The credit markets today are a challenge for people in real estate. The thing I'm proudest of is that we've done amazing work and we are what we build. So in one lifetime to have built the New York Times headquarters or a Barclays Center, um, if you do one of those in a lifetime, you're lucky. The ability to do that and then to come to Baltimore and do this, it's like living the dream. And so I have a lot of gratitude and grace for getting lucky. And if somebody says, like, what's the magic elixir? There isn't one. But it's um, really about a meritocracy, that I worked for a man, but a man who believed it was the best man or a woman for the job. And I never had my eye on the corner office. I just was in it to do the very best job and to win, but to win by being you know, nice and good and tough and committed and to know as much or more than the person next to me if I was at the table because that was my job. And I think the lesson, and there's some young people here, is that you know sometimes it happens when you least expect it. And if you really work hard and you work for the right people, um, it will come to you. Because all those people that sat around and said they wanted to be CEO, they never got to the corner office. Um, I never thought about the CEO part. In fact, the better job was when I was the wingman because um, you, you, know, you don't have the highs and the lows and it's not all on your shoulders. And heavy is the head that wears the crown. Um, the hardest job I ever had was taking over for Bruce Ratner because when we bought the Nets, when Jay-Z was our partner, when we opened Barclays, it was always Bruce C. Ratner. And then somewhere in the body, it talked about Forest City. And I was like, how could I possibly step into those shoes? And my biggest fear was to be sort of a fake CEO. And I said to him, if you make me CEO, I need to be boss because for the cause, for women, for the industry, and for myself, if I don't do it and really do it, I don't want the job. So I, for two years, I tried to talk him out of it. And then I decided, like most people would be like, you know what, let me get that contract, get the job, and I'll worry about all that stuff later. Well, I did it the hard way, but I did it the right way. And it was the most exhilarating six years of my life. And it really empowered me to have the audacity to say, now I'm gonna take 10 people, break off, and start a woman-owned real estate development company in New York where it's all dynasty-driven, pale male, white men. And that's what I did. It's working out okay. <laughs> give it up, give it up, come on, give it up. That's, that's what's up, that's what's up. thank you, thank you. So we're gonna, we're finishing up getting close to the end, but what are some of your favorite spots, food spots in Baltimore? Where do you like going to, get to grab some food? Well, I know you're a foodie, so I was hoping that, you know, maybe because I did this little sit down with you that you'll take me to your faves because I know you know. <laughs> you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna get in trouble with that because too many people out here. <laughs> you know, if I say it, it'll be on like, Aaron said that, but we can talk offline on that. Um, I, no, but of course, I, you know, I, I go to Nick's a lot, not, yeah. just because, not just because it's close to my office here, but um, it, it's kind of an institution. Um, I spent a little time in Fells Point, so Duck Duck Goose I like. Um, 
I like quiet spots. Um, I've gone to um, Charleston. She's a woman. She's amazing. I love food. Um, so I'm still in my exploratory mode. So I've taken tips. I do love food. I mean, I will, I will say I'm a Northeast guy. So there's only one place I'm probably going to take you. That's Coco's. That's the best. I mean, and I'm. Gonna, I, I, I'll put it. It's, it's the best damn crab kick in Baltimore. I don't care. I'll put it against anybody in Baltimore. You take me there. I'm buying. Let's go. <laughs> the best damn crab kick in Baltimore. I'll put it against any restaurant in Baltimore. Any Great. day, any day. I'm gonna hold you to it. Hey, if you saw me on Munchies on Vice TV, you know what it's about. <laughs> but that was a little plug right there. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, we got some Northeast people in here. I know they're up in here. So, um, but really, we really. Want, I'm gonna do a quick little speed round. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? That, that, that lightning round thing? Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you did your homework, huh? You, know, you, know, what? you did your homework, huh? Well, I just, there's always the lightning round at the end, and I hate it, but I'll do but it. We, we got you. We got you. We got you. We got you. All right, ready to go? Like, who inspires you? No, we ain't doing that. We ain't going to do Don't make it lame. We're make not going to make it lame. Hard. Okay. We're, so, crab cakes or crabs? Crab, because there's more of it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Chicken wings, flats or drums? Flats. Okay, we, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely Come a flat on. person. I'm definitely a flat person. Give me a hard one, will you? Blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. That's, that's New York stuff. I, that's New York. That's New York. People in the South like ranch. I don't know. I hate ranch, but that's a whole different story. Um, what is your favorite place to go on vacation? Someplace different. It's a big world out there. I don't do the repeat thing. I like, I'm, a, I'm an explorer. I like that. You're a traveler. I like that. I like that. I like that. Your favorite halftime Super Bowl show? Halftime what? Super Bowl show. So I'm a basketball gal. Oh, okay, 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 um, okay. Oh. I don't mind a good wardrobe malfunction. I mean, <laughs> I don't really follow football, so that kind of stuff is fun because okay. I'm like, okay, this I can get interested in. Um, but, you know, look, look uh, I'm a basketball gal. I would say, like, halftime at, at Barclays is, is fun. Who's your favorite hip-hop person? Look, I, I was... Part of pulling off opening day at Barclays with Jay Z, that okay, would be a concert of all time. <laughs> so that's it for me. Your Although when I was, when I did have a chance to be in that realm, I really just wanted to hang out with Beyonce. <laughs> Facts. Have you gone? To the, have you gone on tour and see the concert yet? Have you gone to the Beyonce concert? Yet? No. Okay. Too busy working for Baltimore Peninsula. Ah, I like that. I like that. I like that. And what? Uh, last, if we're finished up, is what inspires you every day? I knew you were going to do one of those. I had so, to. You got it. I think it's the company I keep, and so that's first family, my kids. Um, they inspire me, and they challenge me <laughs> still. And um, my team and my partners. And the last but not least, you know, what lasting things you want to say about this evening and just people who, this is their first time coming down here. A lot, whose first time is coming down here? Raise your hand. That's, you see what I'm saying? That's so there's a lot of new people out here. So what would you say to them right now? So hopefully it won't be your last. And thank you for coming. And um, <clears throat> the people of Baltimore, you know, I live in Brooklyn, New York, right? So I think part of it is <laughs> Oh, we got Baltimore, a Brooklyn person there? I, wouldn't, I would not, if, if I was in these parts, I would not live in D.C. I'd live in Baltimore, even if this project had nothing to do with my life. It's just that the grit, it's like, what Brooklyn is to Manhattan, Baltimore is to DC, and mm. DC's kind of boring compared to Baltimore. So <laughs> I'm big on Baltimore, and I really, 
and, and I learned a couple of things about Baltimore. The first thing is, like, you're just never going to be from Baltimore if you didn't go to high school here. Right. Right. So I know that however long, like in 20 years, if I'm still slogging away on this project, I know I'm still not from Baltimore, never will be. It's okay. And um, the other thing is you got to talk about parking and traffic if you're from Baltimore. And what I like about Baltimore Peninsula is there's, you know, a lot of parking, <laughs> not a lot of traffic, and you're not going to lose a lot of your valuable days stuck in the Inner Harbor. It's easy to get to. We make it easy. It's big, it's beautiful, and it's really accessible. So back to the thing about what I want to say is everybody is really just super, super open to having us come here when they talk to us. I don't know what they're doing behind our back. I, you know, I, they could be shit-talking us, but I'm telling you, when we're talking to people, they're genuinely, genuinely um, open to what we have to offer, and I think that that is just amazing and really important in order for us to be successful here. So I just want to say, like, shout-out to the people of Baltimore because you're amazing. Hey, give a shout-out. Hey. We have a great crowd here tonight. We got GBC in the house. We have the mayor's office in the house. I'm not, yeah, we got, got a couple of business, Pandora's Box in the house. Baltimore County Chamber of Commerce is in the house. We got Upsurge up in the house. If you know about Upsurge, you better learn about them real quick. They're doing some big things. I want to apologize for the fresh words. <laughs> we got, all right, we got to bleep them out of the- We got Route One Apparel in the house, so we got the CEO here from her. But we, again, I wanted to have an eclectic crowd here, and I curated this because I really want to make sure I wanted to make the right audience, especially just to hear the story and understand a little bit more about what's going on over here. Because I can read in a newspaper, I can read, I can do all that stuff, but I actually listen to more podcasts than anything. So, so but I want this opportunity to spend time with you and get to know a little bit about you, you know, people get to know who you are. But definitely, I would love to come back here. You are welcome back. And have fun and do a lot, a lot more. A lot. Did anybody, did everybody like this tonight? Yeah. So I'm going to say, Aaron, because I'm the boss, I can do this. You have one year of podcast locational services, and we'll buy the booze. Hey, a, a big-time entrepreneur back there, uh, where is he? Ezra from King Collective. My man right there, he does the best mixers in town. We're going to make it happen. We've been talking about doing something a long time. So it's a black-owned company. It's you a guys nice check, bar. You got to check them out. Right? It black needs some using. So awesome. uh, let's do it. We're going to make it happen then. Okay. Thank you. Folks, as you know, at the end of the show, love, peace, we're out. Thank you. Get a sip of the rye.